It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, certified nutrition specialist, And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition therapy. Today's show is all about Ask the Nutritionist. So if you have a nutrition question, please give us a call at 651-641-1071. And I'm really pleased to have Leah Wetzel join me today as our co-host. Leah is... She has lots of answers to questions. Oh, yes. Because she's also a licensed nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist. You know, Leah was recently appointed to the Minnesota Board of Dietetics and Nutrition Practice by Governor Dayton. Yeah. That's kind of a nice honor to have. It really was. Yes. So, Leah. Yeah. You know, people, they don't know what the board is about. Kind of give listeners what some of the responsibilities of the Board of sure. Dietetics and Nutrition practice really is. So what Great. do you guys do? Well, first I want to say thanks for inviting me to be on the show with you today. I love being on the show with you. Thank you. <laughs> and the responsibilities are really ultimately to re- protect the rep- the public. Okay, to protect the public. Yep. Against what? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I know. One way the board protects the public is to make sure that if you're giving out nutrition advice, you are either a licensed nutritionist or a dietitian. So it can't be the carryout gentleman that Byerly's that was giving me nutrition <laughs> advice one night. No. Okay. Yeah. No. That's yeah. That's that's not a, not on the board's agenda. Yeah. If you are offering up nutrition advice, you must be licensed by the state of Minnesota. To become licensed, you must either be a registered dietitian completing a bachelor's degree in dietetics and an internship or complete a master's degree in nutrition and 900 hours of supervised internship. So fitness trainers who are not licensed nutritionists should really not be giving out nutrition advice. Yes. No, that's right, that they shouldn't unless they are licensed. Should not be. Yeah. Yes. No, and health coaches should not be giving out nutrition advice unless they are a licensed dietitian or a licensed nutritionist. And even chiropractors can only give out nutrition advice if they are actually adjusting a client. Yeah. So if they're doing body work on that client, then they are legally able to give out nutrition advice. But not if they don't have that as that person as a client. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. The board is really, we're just trying to protect the public from unsound information. And we both, Dar yeah. and I both, really take our nutrition practice and licensure very seriously. We do. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, just one way to think about this. You would not go to a doctor if they didn't have a current license to practice. That's right. So make sure your nutritionist is either licensed or at least working under a licensed nutritionist. That's right. That's right. So I think probably with all that, we can start answering calls. Yes. Or yeah. we can give out the number again. It's 651-641-1071. And I don't know, do we have a question, We Leah? do. We do. Okay, we should go ahead and take that. 
I know we had some Facebook questions, but we can do the... Right. Thanks oh. for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question today about gluten and um, a connection. Yeah, good morning. My good name morning. Is Hi. Um, actually, can I make two comments? One, I have your cookbook, and it is amazing. Oh, great. The new cookbook? Yes. Great. Love it. And then thank the other you. thing is just a big thank you because you guys do such a service to our community by, you know, giving us all these great, all this great advice. And so much of it is just draw, you know, driven by the food we eat. So thanks for that. No thank problem. you. Yeah, it's yeah. our passion. Yep. <laughs> My question is, is there a connection or do you think there's a connection between uh, gluten sensitivity and Hashimoto's thyroiditis? Go ahead, Leah. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do. I definitely think that. Um, with autoimmune thyroid conditions, it's very important to investigate food sensitivities, and gluten sensitivity is very commonly linked to Hashimoto's. As it is to many, many other types of autoimmune, autoimmune diseases. Yep. You know, it's not the only connection. Sometimes there's a, you know, there's a connection to sometimes the casein in dairy mm-hmm. products. And also, I mean, you know, some other food sensitivities like peanuts are pretty high on that list of food sensitivities. But there's just a lot of research connecting gluten and Hashimoto's. Yes. So yes. do you have Hashimoto's disease? I don't, but my husband and my children, and now we're starting to notice it in my kids. Well, mm-hmm. the kids have like elevated TPOs or whatever. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Um, and, well, long story short, but the endocrinologist is saying, no, there's no connection. It's like, but there's so much literature out there. Yes. Oh, yes. So it's well worth a try to um, see if we can't control it with, uh, with diet. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you could do is uh, Dr. Thomas O'Brien has just done a lot of uh, research, or he's collected a lot of research on the connection of Hashimoto's and um, gluten sensitivities, as well as other autoimmune diseases. So you can always Google him, and you'll you'll find lots of Tons information. Tons of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you Great. very very much. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for the call. Great. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, are we? Do we have more callers? We do. Okay. The, the the lines are blowing up right All now. All right. Okay. <laughs> we will take those then. Thanks for calling. Dishing up nutrition. You have a question about your son and allergies. Good yes, um, I have a twelve month old, and since about November, he's not gained much weight. Sure. Okay. Recently, found out that he has allergies to eggs. Dairy, okay. tomatoes, and soy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just looking for some creative ways to put weight on him. So, Leah, you have a 19-month-old. 16-month. 16. Close. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I made him Very older. close. <laughs> yes. And so this little boy has allergies to uh, soy and eggs and was it dairy also? Yeah, dairy and tomatoes. Okay. My guess... I don't know if are, were you, have you been breastfeeding uh, the baby? Okay, so have you taken those things out of your diet? Um, I don't eat dairy, but other three things are still in my diet. Okay, you probably should pull those out of yep. your diet because it's going through into the breast milk, and so we've I found that um, basically for some children, some babies, if the mother is still eating those. It's coming through the milk, and then they're sensitive to it. And still um, reacting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for you, uh, underneath that also may be a, a gluten sensitivity. So you may want to take that out of your diet, too. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a gluten, dairy-free, soy-free diet and get rid of the tomatoes for some reason. And I think you'll find that the baby 
is really will start doing much better. Yeah. Do you have any other? You know, in addition to that, I would also maybe throw in some bifidobacteria. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be helpful um, at maybe aiding in the healing. um, And so he starts to absorb nutrients better. And so what you can do is you can take the bifidobacteria yourself. You know, that's the main probiotic that we have in our intestinal lining, intestinal tract. And so it's the one that is in breast milk. The main bacteria. The main bacteria in breast milk. So increasing that in your own system so that the breast milk will actually have more. And then maybe just giving the baby a tiny little bit, like an eighth of a teaspoon, even a sixteenth of a teaspoon several times a day will help. Yep. So. Can you say the name of that bacteria one more time? Sure. It's called bifido. It's, yep, bifidobacteria. Just straight bifidobacteria. Yep. Well, thank you very much, ladies. I'll try it out. Okay. Thank you thank very you. much. All right. Great. <laughs> All right. We well, got more questions. Okay. We will take more questions then. Terry, I guess we must have a lot of listeners we if we do, have all these we people. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. Terry, you have a question about vitamin D? Um, yes. I, Based on information I got from your show, so I have to thank you for helping my doctor diagnose these issues. Oh, great. <laughs> I had a vitamin D level done last September, and it came up 13, oh, which is quite low. Very. He put me on um, a prescription vitamin D supplement. It's 50,000 units a week. Okay. And I had a redraw, if you'd like to make uh, a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help... I'm sorry, we're getting another call. caller coming there. Okay, so you, you go back to that again. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. I don't know what that is. If you need... Hmm. Well, we lost the call. Okay, so anyways... I had a redraw, and my level go. was still only 29. Okay. So I just want to know, should I take... More supplements than the prescription vitamin D or? Um, well, it's sometimes it, if the prescription vitamin D is vitamin um, D2. D2. It's not in as, as absorbable form. It's not the active form like D3, um, which we recommend people to take. So it's not as beneficial. Okay. Um, so I think maybe switching your form of vitamin D would be a good thing. So, okay. you know, either go back to your doctor and say, you know, make sure that this is a D3 prescription. Okay. Or you just, you know, buy it and, and take D3. Yes. And There's a lot of good brands that yeah, you could get. Okay. Probably at least, 50, you know, like 5,000 to yes. 10,000 for a period of time until you get that level up to around 50. Yeah. I know I'm just, like I said, I already feel better. Good. Good. But it's still not quite. So what, what changes may, since vitamin D came up a little bit from... You know, it, well, it actually more than doubled. Mm-hmm. What is the difference in how you feel? Um, I decreased my antidepressant by half. Great. Huge on depression, yep. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, even my allergy medicines are, I, I, I'm yep, very them and just taking them as needed. See, your immune system came up then. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my um, mood, of course. Yes. Yeah. And I know he said sunshine and I'm so fair skinned. I just, you know, that's, that's, you know. That was part of his prescription, go out in the sunshine, too. Of course, it's been kind of hard in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> what sunshine? Yes. Yeah, sunshine, yeah. So. Well, thanks for the call. And, you know, I think that's, it's, you educated a lot of people this morning because you're helping people realize that it's going to affect your moods. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect your immune system. 
And you're going to have less depression if you have levels, a, a sufficient level of vitamin D in your system. Mm-hmm. What a simple solution to yeah. major and, problems. And listening to your show is what made me identify it, too. So I have to thank you for actually. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah thank you. Great. All right. All right. Thank you nice very much for the call. to you this morning. All right. Thanks. And it's. It's break time. Oh, okay. (laughs) You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Tomorrow, Sunday, May 11th, is Mother's Day for all of you out there looking, you know, to to get something. Today is probably the best day to do that. My mother actually is having a very special event planned for today, this weekend. So I'd like to give um, a notice to that, that she's actually getting married, remarried today to a very nice man named Mark. We will be celebrating with them later on today, and I'm in the wedding, and Oliver, oh. my 16-month-old, he's the ring bearer, oh, so great. he's got a really <laughs> cute little outfit. He's so cute. Um, so this is a very special event, and we, I really want to wish them all fun, love, and wellness in their new marriage. And if you have questions for us about nutrition, please give us a call today in the studio at 651-641-1071. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you're dashing around today saying, <laughs> what am I going to get my mother or my mother-in-law for Mother's Day? I've done that one before. I <laughs> <laughs> know. I was contemplating that myself. So how about a gift certificate to Nutritional Weight and Wellness? She could use it for a class, a consultation, or even a bottle of magnesium glycinate. Yeah, that's a good or one. Or if you want something to wrap, how about buying her the Weight and Wellness Way Cookbook and Nutrition Guide? Over 100 recipes all balance the weight and wellness way. We've got a great chili recipe yeah. or the chicken wild rice soup recipe or the shepherd's pie. And those are three staples in my house to this day. Yes. I love them very much. So my family does too. So they're easy to make. They're great tasting. So call 651-699-3438 to order a copy. Or, you know, maybe today you need to stop into uh, the office. They're and open. Buy. Yep. Yep. So. Great. So we had we had a many many questions, Facebook questions, questions too. So we thought we would answer one of those. Yes. Um so it was a question from Robin um that was left on our Facebook page. Um and you know this question was a great question um because I think a lot of women can relate to Robin's problem. Robin has symptoms of fatigue, bloating, hot flashes, cravings, weight gain since she hit perimenopause. So, Dar, yep. 
Let's spend some time answering Robin's question, what can she do? You know, for some women in perimenopause or menopause, and I think probably for all women that are in those, your nutrition or what you're eating has a lot to do with your symptoms. Yes. And I think that might surprise a lot of people. You know, and it also affects how many symptoms you have and how miserable you're going to feel. Yep. So first of all, I would say start eating the weight and wellness way. And that means you reduce processed carbs and sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not even realize that when you eat sh- cereal, juice, and toast for breakfast, you may be setting off hot flashes for the whole day. Yes. And in addition, of course, those high-carb foods will lead to cravings for more sugar and carbs. And that leads to insulin resistance and weight gain. So usually when women are experiencing a lot of perimenopause problems, we understand that often those women have excess estrogen. And that's even a new concept for most people. Yeah. They're lacking the hormone progesterone, though. Because there's a balance between the two, too much estrogen, low progesterone. So we would help Robin, you know, lower that estrogen, like Mm -hmm. you would say, by eating more green leafy vegetables, such as spinach or kale or broccoli or cauliflower, all those. You know, actually, Leah, it took me a long time to eat kale with my eggs in the morning. Yeah. All you guys were talking about eating <laughs> kale. What, and what do you think now? I like it. I know. I mean, once it's you get good. started, it's not as weird as you think it's going to be. But it does take some time to get yes. used to that. Yeah. So, you know, just start with spinach or, you know, if kale, sauteed in butter with your eggs. And really, spinach gives you about the same benefit as eating kale if yeah. you're a little afraid to start with kale. <laughs> Start with spinach. That sounds really good. And we can't forget to tell Robin to eat every two and a half to three hours to keep up her energy and to avoid cravings and hot flashes. So to help to stabilize her blood sugar. So another symptom that Robin has ex- is experiencing is fatigue. Mm-hmm. And we hear that a lot of times, being tired all the time. Yes. You know, I find that when pe- women are tired all the time, they're not sleeping very well. No. That's where it's coming from. So here's a trick for sleep that works very well. Uh, It works for most people, but not everyone. Take four magnesium glycinate at bedtime and use a quarter to a half a teaspoon of natural progesterone and rub it on the thin skin area of your body, you know, your wrists, your neck. And I really like the brand Progest because it is pure. Yeah, it's it's a good brand. And as a backup, if and lots of people, that's all they need to do. Yes, magnesium that's step and one. And then you know, the... for backup, if that's not working, add a couple, two to four neural calm at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And really, it is kind of a magical formula for people to help them sleep, especially if in they're in that perimenopause menopause. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Now, what about the bloating? I think that's another thing we need to talk about. Yes. Uh, I find really working with people that taking one to two bifidal balanced capsules before meals reduces bloating. Of course, in addition to eliminating those processed carbs and sugar, really does miracles to eliminate bloating. Also, you may need to cut out milk and cheese. And you've done that, I know. Yeah, I have. And I've noticed, I noticed a significant difference in that, too, in the mm-hmm. bloating. Yep. Um, at, you know, sometimes at perimenopause, women become dairy sensitive. And, you know, for best results, really schedule an individual appointment so you can start feeling better. And 
I think people think that these individual appointments are very expensive, and they're not. No. For two-hour individual appointment, it's $250, and we develop an individualized yes, very, plan for your body. Yes, that's right. And so that you don't have to experience all those menopause or perimenopause symptoms, and you can get on with life. That's right. So now, and should we start taking back a to few the more calls. callers? Back to the calls. All right. That sounds great. Judy, you have a question about what vitamins you should take? Good morning. Hello. Hi. Hi, there. Hi. My question is, when should a person take vitamins? In the morning when they get up, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, what's the best time to take them? Well, what do you mean by vitamins? Are you meaning multivitamin? Uh, multivitamins and also um, D3s. Okay. Well, multivitamins, you really have to have some pretty good digestion going. Yep. Because otherwise, if you take them on an empty stomach, they're going to make you nauseous. Mm -hmm. So I always say, take your multivitamin. And some people split them up because a lot of times you need to take two to three multivitamins or even sometimes they call for more. So split them up, take a couple with breakfast and a couple with lunch if if that's the dosage that they recommend. Okay. For uh, vitamin D, I think... Taking it with any meal makes sense. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, it's rare. There's some people that, that vitamin D can really rev them up and give them energy. So I often, if, if possible, like with breakfast and or lunch um, and, you know, kind of divide it up between the two if needed. And okay. then if you're looking at minerals, uh, minerals actually become, actually get absorbed better at bedtime. Or, you know, at least with dinner meal. Yeah. So magnesium at night, zinc at night, Mm -hmm. calcium at night, um, you know, any of those minerals seem like they work better if you take them at bedtime. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay. That was an interesting question. And it's a good question. A very good question. people don't know. And we have a (laughs) follow-up question now from what we were just talking about with the Facebook question. Okay. We'll take that one. Tracy, thanks for... Uh, calling Dishing Up Nutrition, you have a question about perimenopause, bloating, and hot flashes? I did, and you answered the question oh. about the bloating. Okay. Great. But the hot flashes, I still do have a question. Okay. I noticed that when, that when I'm exercising, and it's exercises I've been doing for a while now, that I get really warm, and my heart starts to rate, and I feel race, and I feel like I can't really catch my breath. So I'm looking for something that will help me minimize the hot flashes and the feeling like I'm having a heart attack in the midst of exercise? Well, I think that you could use a little bit of progesterone right before you start exercising. And actually, I would probably take a couple of magnesium glycinate before you exercise. I was going to say magnesium. But, you know, you might, sometimes you you have to be a little more cautious with how intense you exercise Mm -hmm. at this time. Because any time you heat yourself up, your hypothalamus isn't really controlling your temperature anymore as well as it did before menopause or perimenopause. And so you got to be a little more cautious with that. Okay. And then with the progesterone cream, because it normally helps me sleep, will it make me sleepy normally? No, not. If you're working out, it won't. And you might just use, you know, even an eighth of a teaspoon or maybe a fourth. You just have to give it a try and see if it doesn't help. Okay. That would be my idea. Yes. And of course... You're not eating any sugar or processed carbs before you work out, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) But thanks for the call. That's a great, that was a great question. 
Really you know? good question. All so, right, we got another one. So maybe we, before you take that oh, call, I it's think. It's break time. Yes, Snuck I know. Snuck right you up just... on me. <laughs> All right, time for a break. I have a fascinating and groundbreaking study to share with you. The 42 years we've been given the message to cut back on saturated fat found in meat, cheese, and milk and other dairy and animal products but a large new study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine is questioning this advice. Researchers from University of Cambridge and Harvard found that there's little evidence that saturated fat increases the risks of heart disease. Isn't that amazing? Amazing, yeah. That saturated fat does not increase the risk of heart disease. Yeah, and this is what we really call a paradigm shift. Sometimes these things take 42 years to happen, or 40 years to happen. But when we come back from break, Dara's going to talk about the study's um, analysis after we we get back. And the questions for us today in the studio, it's Ask the Nutritionist. Call 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist. So let's go back to that recent study that Leah was talking about that debunked the longstanding message that eating saturated fat leads to heart disease. You know, this was a meta-analysis, which means that researchers at Cambridge and Harvard analyzed data from 72 different studies. And there were a total of 600,000 participants from 18 different nations. The study is getting so much attention because of all the data that was included. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not talking about just a few people in one study. We're talking about 600,000 people. Hundreds of thousands. So what they did, they they took the studies that looked at coronary heart disease risk and whether or not eating certain types of fat would actually make a difference that would lead to a higher risk of heart disease. And they found no evidence that changing from saturated fat to polyunsaturated fat, like vegetable mm-hmm. oil, reduced the risk of heart disease. You know, this, sto- this really, this study supports what we've been saying on Dishing Up Nutrition for at least the past 10, 10 years. Yeah. Butter and other saturated fats, such as coconut oil, and, you know, can actually be part of a healthy diet. Yeah. So butter and coconut oil is really part of a healthy diet. But, and we always say this all the time, is trans fats and refined oils such as soybean oil or corn oil and margarine should be avoided. Yeah, because they are very harmful for yes. for our hearts. So we yes. keep come we keep hitting it. So we had a question. We yeah, so a follow-up question about progesterone cream. Um the questioner wanted to the person wanted to know do you have to take a break from progesterone cream? Well, kind of, I, I look at in maybe in perimenopause, if people are still having their cycles, yeah, yeah I usually have people off of it for maybe seven days, yeah. something like that. Kind of similar to like if birth control, you take, you know, yeah. seven day break. Yeah. And that would be like when their period starts, take it and stop for about seven days yep. and then use it for another 21 days. Yep. And But when people reach menopause, I don't find that people need to take a break because mm-hmm. sometimes when they take that break, that week they don't sleep very well. Yeah. So it's more important to get good sleep. 
that's right. kind of that's kind of how I do it with people. Yeah, if you find it, and supportive. that's how I do it for myself personally too. Yeah. So great, great. So we have a few questions. We have lots of questions. Okay, we'll, we'll hit them. <laughs> Patty, thanks for calling. Dishing up nutrition. You have a question about gluten sensitivity. Yes, I do, and and a little tag on too. I had C diff two years ago, and mm-hmm. I've been working with a good nutritionist. She goes along with you guys quite a bit at the hospital. Right. But um, recently, it feels like to me when I eat a lot of bread and stuff, it's upsetting to me. But I had the... Well, Patty, one of the things that, you know, and we know that after people have C. diff, and this is my opinion, just because I've worked with many, many, many people people. with C. diff. And once you have C. diff, you have food sensitivities and you have a gluten sensitivity. So you cannot eat bread. Okay. I'm just wondering because... The test, you know, was like, are very you know, inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, it's your I body. You know what, Patty? Your body is your best test. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> it really so, is. You know, people don't like to know that. Yeah, you know, they they hate giving up their bread. Let's face it. It's yeah. hard. It's not an easy thing, but it's. I would say, but, I think for you, it makes really a lot of sense. It's, she said my score was three, and she said, well. Yeah, sort of what you said, but she said, but being your score so well, you can probably eat a little, but no, you think you I can... probably just shouldn't eat any. No. Yeah, you should. But that's a, you know, you bring up a good point, Patty. So, but okay. thank you for calling oh, my in. Second question, real oh, okay. quickly, was on that on the same blood panel. Mm-hmm. I do take um, magnesium, mm-hmm. and my score was right at the highest it should be in the normal range. Am I taking too much? No, it's one of the things that to really have a true test on what, how much magnesium you have, you really have to do a 24-hour urine, urine. test. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Blood tests are not very accurate on okay. magnesium. All right. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank Great. you. Thanks okay. for your question. Those Bye. are very, there was, those are very good yeah. questions. Steve, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about training for marathons. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for holding. Am, uh, I'm finding that it's harder and harder to recover from my my longer, longer running that I'm doing as I'm getting closer and closer to the marathon. I'm, I'm doing 10 and 20 miles, well, 10 miles a day and, and, you know, 15 and 20 miles on a weekend. And it can take me two or three days to recover from some of the longer stuff. Is there anything I can do? I mean, I look at the recovery, the, the protein shakes and things like that, and it's like, you know, most of them have sucralose in it, and I'm not even going to go there. And but, just, I don't know. But, you know, you know, our, our weight and wellness uh, protein powder, powders do not. I mean, we have one that's a natural that is basically from grass-fed animals as much as possible, and that has absolutely no sweetener or no filler at all in it. So... You just have to look harder for yep. protein powder. And I think, and one other thing before I'm going to have to <laughs> answer the question is, we have a great cl- class called Peak Performance. Yep. And it is basically designed for people that are running marathons or into a, doing a lot of sports activities to make sure that they're getting the nutrition that they really yeah. need for endurance. But it, go ahead, Leah. Sure. Well, I just have a few questions. So what what... What are you eating um, during your training? Not very well. Yeah. So what 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 would be a pre-run meal? 
Well, that's it. I don't usually eat much of anything before I run because I don't really want to have a gut full of food. So sure. I, you know, I'm eating three or four eggs at breakfast time. And, okay. And then uh, I usually try to run in the middle of the afternoon, and then I come home and eat after that. Okay, so you're going long durations of time without anything in your system? Probably. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you definitely for that for the, those long distance run your body is not being supported. You need fuel to kind of keep you moving, keep you going. Um and so I would definitely kind of look into the protein shake protein smoothie because it's just an, an easy digested um form. And you know, Steve, when we make a protein shake, we put of course we use coconut oil, yes. canned coconut oil. Coconut milk. Coconut, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, coconut milk. And using like, you know, a half a cup of coconut milk. And then we use protein powder. We use fruit. Um, and not too much fruit. You know, like maybe a half a banana, not mm-hmm. not a whole bunch of fruit. Yep. And actually, you could actually add a little bit more fat to it if yes, you wanted to. Yes, I was going like, to half an avocado or something like that. It's often underlooked, but I do think, especially like the fats that Dar was talking about, um, those medium chain saturated fats are really easily absorbed and really good for cellular energy and um, pair well with training. So coconut oil, coconut milk, macadamia nuts too, I would throw into the mix. Mm -hmm. Um, I I find that that, when you're doing those long distance um, running, I mean, that can be more of a sustained energy. And I would, you know, I would be, dairy is hard to digest. Gluten is hard to digest and can be very inflammatory and takes up a lot of energy in your digestive system to break it down. So I would kind of scale back on on those two things. Um, And and I agree with Dara, adding in more, you know, healthy fats. Yeah. And and actually, like, you need some carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're eating eggs with like a sweet potato, sweet potato and butter, but that would be a good, easy to digest. And it sustains your blood sugar. Yes. Yep. So you know what, Steve? I think you should come in for an appointment and get <laughs> yes. your your runs will be so much more successful. And okay. um, Leah would be great. We we have other people on staff too, that, yeah, that would be great to do. Know a lot more too yeah. about just those long distance events and how to prepare your body. But yeah, you got to eat. If you're not eating, um, you're not fueling, and you're gonna tank. And you're going to burn your muscles yep. up, rather, you know, then that's, you don't want to do that. Sounds so, good. great. But that was a great question Thanks for, for the us. Question. We appreciate it. Because I think a lot of other people are thinking of that, having that issue. Yep. And Leah. We have another break we have to take. We do. Yeah. <laughs> you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Next week, next week at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have eight different Nutrition for Weight Loss classes series starting in seven different locations. Yes, people lose weight eating real food. Yes, they do. They also gain so much more than that, too. Let me read to you what Steve shared after taking the nutrition for weight loss. He says, I have lost weight and my clothes are fitting better. I have more energy, fewer cravings, better mood, and less aches and pains. But best of all, my diabetes is under control and my insulin is not needed. That's great. Wow. Now my A1C is down from 7.8 to 6.5. I've lost 12 pounds and feel great. To sign up, call 651 699 3438 or go to weightandwellness.com.
Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens? when you and your co-workers eat healthier foods. Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. So welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have tried other diets and frankly feel like a failure, don't be afraid or discouraged because eating real food supports your energy. It supports your moods, your metabolism. And nutrition for weight loss is not a quick fix, not at all. So, but ask yourself, did that ever really work for you? Yeah. You know, you will be eating real food that tastes good, you know, not that prepackaged cardboard food. Yep. And you will be like with like-minded people ready to that are really all people in those classes are ready to support each other. And think of it, you know, it's not going to cost thousands of dollars, and that's what also a lot of people some of the programs some of the programs yeah. do. Now, the total cost is three hundred ninety-nine dollars, which includes twelve one-hour classes and a two-hour individual consultation with a nutritionist or a dietitian. And that is geared to your personal needs. So if you've got a gluten sensitivity, we write out a plan that's going to address that. So the classes are in Wyzetta, Edina, North Oaks, St. Paul, Lakeville, Chanhassen, Maple Grove. All over. So lots of different places. That's right. And three, the 12 class, three months of support. Yes. And I think that's very important when you're, we're looking to change those, you know, lifestyle habits. That takes some time. and It does. And you really get a lot of support mm-hmm. taking you those classes. So should we just go right back to starting? Right back to it. Yep. All right. Becky, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about restless leg syndrome? Yes, I do. Good morning, Good ladies. morning. Good morning. Bye. I love your show, and I was in last October and saw Joanne for consultation at the age of 70 years, and I'm telling you, it made a difference in my life. Oh, Wonderful. Great. Joanne's a um, great dietitian, isn't she? She sure is. Yeah. Who I'm calling about is I have a daughter. She's 40 years old. She's complaining a lot of the restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. She eats very healthy. She has tried to um, decrease her gluten and dairy. She's on a good vitamin supplement and does take two magnesium glycinate at that time. Do you have any other suggestions uh, that she might be able to help her? Well, did the rest, has she always had restless legs? Um, I think she has a little bit, but I think it's gotten worse. At least her husband is saying it's much worse for her. He, okay, well, and she wakes up very fatigued, and she is 40, so she's probably... So did you do you remember that maybe she was um did she was a restless sleeper as a child? No. Okay. No. 
So this has come on more, maybe this is more of a perimetopause symptom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so what I would try to do is use the progesterone Mm -hmm. cream. Okay. And also I would increase that magnesium. Yeah, that's probably not enough. Okay. Okay. I mean, would you you go up to, like you said, the four? Four to six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, take it at bedtime. I would probably put in a couple of calcium too. You know, okay. we've we've got our activated calcium that's a really good, and that kind of calms muscles and nerves too. Calcium does. Mm-hmm. So Do that you would think that having decreasing her um, dairy oh. might have caused the problem too. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I think okay. cutting out gluten and dairy a hundred percent would be probably right. a good idea. I mean, it's worth trying for yep. six to eight weeks to see if it doesn't go away. Okay, that's wonderful. So we'll go with four to six on the magnesium, yep. the progesterone, and yep. the calcium. Yep, try it. Give it a try. It's yep. not going to hurt. So Wonderful. Okay. Great. Thanks Great. for the question. Interesting. Thanks so much, ladies. Love yeah. your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, shall we take another caller? Amy, thanks for calling Dish and Nutrition. You've, I like your question. How to get a guy to eat well? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I I um, have seen um, both Lee and Cassie, and um, you guys have really kind of changed my life, helped me a lot. I'm sure you hear that a lot. Yeah. But um, I recently moved in with my boyfriend, and, um, you know, I think he eats more sort of a typical guy diet and has some kind of bad eating habits. I've been trying very hard to get him to eat breakfast. He never eats breakfast. Mm. <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering, you know, if you had any advice on, um, you know, kind of um, helping somebody that you live in the same household with make healthy lifestyle choices choices without nagging or, you know, so, making them feel uncomfortable. So is he an athlete at all? I mean, is he a runner? Um, yep. yep, he is. He um, is a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very all right. active, you know, during the summer. Okay. What I would suggest is get him in, get him in to take the peak performance class. Okay. And that will... <laughs> So you can kind of go in the back door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody else will be telling him what's going to work best for his um, activity and in yep. and cycling, and so that will change his eating habits. Okay. Sometimes it's nice to hear from somebody else. And education changes your eating yeah. habits. Yeah, delivered to people that have. I mean, you have to have the education that makes a difference. If your blood sugars are high, yeah, you go to our diabetes class, but. <laughs> If you're a cyclist, you go to our peak performance class. So you can make those connections to, you know, how is he feeling? I mean, and and really honing in on his training. Like, is to kind of yeah. you focus on that as, oh, you know, if I feel my body, if I get up and I have a, a balanced breakfast in the morning, ultimately, actually, my, my cycling improves. Yeah. And, and then just, you know, as you probably are already doing, I mean, just having that food available, I mean, it sounds like you already eat you know, a really good balanced diet. So, you know, if that food is in the fridge, then hopefully, you know, that would be more enticing for him to to want to get up and have breakfast. Does he have time in the morning? Does he make time for? Um, he doesn't make time. He tends to sleep in. I'm, I've been um, pretty good. I, I am all about the protein shake yes. in the morning and I typically make that the night before. That's but, right. Um, so. And that's what I would suggest is maybe a starting point is, uh, especially way back when, when I was changing my diet, that's all I would give myself enough time for was the protein shake. Um, and maybe just to start off, maybe you make two 
and okay. you know see if he would be willing to drink that on his way to work. Sure. I think that could be good. So, so Great. Leah, I don't know how much time do we have we left are on this. We're just about done okay for the day well you know one of the things that i want to talk about is next week's show i think it's really an important show because it's what to eat to protect your eyesight wow this yeah interesting and that's a really macular degeneration is a very um uh it's occurring often now for a lot of people it's the number one cause of blindness actually so and i don't know how many people realize this but there is a connection between cataracts and sugar. And how well, like when you say sugar, what do you mean by sugar? Well, processed carbohydrates. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you've got friends that are, you know, having eye problems, maybe tell your friends to listen. And yeah. that would be, you know, something to be, to think about. Yes, definitely. And we're seeing a lot more of, you know, people coming in with eye conditions for sure. And yeah. we want to thank everyone today because yeah. they called in, they had lots of questions. I know we have a lot of uh, questions from our Facebook page. Yes, so thank you very much for all your questions. And we we do hope that we've covered that. Yep. And happy Mother's Day to everyone. Happy Mother's Day, Dar. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.